Ciro3D.com features a wide variety of innovative products for the Harley touring market, as well as other types. Hey Liza, that's us. We're the other types. I'm checking out this site right now. They have a well-rounded product line, from chrome to lighting and comfort. Hell yeah they do, they got a lot of chrome. And a bunch of LED lighting accessories. You know what that means, right? Less stress on your stator. Zero3D.com takes a clean slate approach to design and manufacturing. Yeah, I'm checking out the Cypher Air Cleaner. It's pretty minimalist, but it still has exotic styling. Distributed in the United States by Drag Specialties, in Europe, Parts Europe and Zodiac, and in Asia by Twin Art. Passion for design and innovation. Always something new to see at Ciro3D.com. Yo, Liza, why are you talking like that? Because the ladies love it. <laughs> I like it. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny, sunny. Santa sunny. Cruz, California. And oh yeah, it was sunny today. I forget now, are you tricking us into something like you did last time? No. Okay. No tricks. <laughs> no tricks here. Hey, in the garage tonight, running the board, we have Bagel. Get off my lawn. What? <laughs> uh, hey, this is your host, Eliza. But, sir, I just want my ball back. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. It made perfect sense. <laughs> We, it was it was our all of our childhoods at one point. Okay. I think we, we uttered that. Um, and right next to me, we've got Sigalin. Bonsoir. Very happy to be with you again. Ooh. Yay! And uh, once a guest, now a misfit. We've got Carmel. Happy to be back in the garage. Yay! <laughs> On the pretty girl couch tonight, we've got Miss Emma. My my, my my music makes me so hard. Makes me say, oh my lord, <laughs> thank you for blessing me with a mind to rhyme Lord and of mercy. to hype feet. <laughs> Do you want some more? No, thank you. Can Do you say this. tie up my feet? Is that MC, is MC Hammer? Stop. Hammer, Hammer time. time. <laughs> I got right. it. Hello, darlings. Yeah. That's great. All right. Also on the pretty girl couch tonight, not quite sure what is going on we've got reg hey i think i'm happy to be here but <laughs> maybe we can reserve judgment till after yes. this is done it, it'll be fine reg what could possibly okay i do go know wrong. that's the exit right yes. uh, just as long as i got my bearings we're fine exactly. just got to get through naked gym that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh bringing up the rear we've got naked gym yeah dirt bikes and police reports that's my day oh. how you doing oh. 
<laughs> I know. Yeah. So, um, hey, coming up on the show tonight, we got some really good stuff. Um, first of all, no one here knows it yet, but we've got a little gift box from Zero 3D that we're going to be taking a look at what we got to play with. So, big thanks to Zero 3D. Cool. .com. That's C-I-R-O-3D.com. Very cool. Um, a few of us went to Hollister Dirt Biking yesterday, but one of us went for the first time. So we'll get a report. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmel, you're going to give us an update on Jocelyn and the GS Trophy competition. From South Africa, I am. Awesome. Yep. That's so rad. And uh, then we're going to hear from our guest tonight, Reg Cottrell, who, oh my gosh, he's got a long history of motorcycling in so many different facets. There's a lot to cover, but... Uh, one of the really cool things is he wrote a book about motorcycling that we're going to be uh, covering. And and it's going to be very pertinent to the group that is here tonight. <laughs> Alas, yes. It is. <gasps> and then there's a game tonight. <gasps> oh, game night. Game night. I, can't, I did Wait, a game. Is this where I get worried? No, you have a shot at this. This okay. game is going to be motorcycle. Express train oh. or blue jeans. Nice. <laughs> Nothing like that old Louisiana Express mm-hmm. to start your day. Mm-hmm. And then we got some great emails with some good questions. And uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we might have getting some updates at the end. But so let's get into. Um, should we just get into the Zero 3D gift box? Yeah, sure. break yeah. yeah. Okay. Break open the swag. All right. So we got some cool stuff. While we're passing this out, Bagel, I wanted you to... Now, are, are, are we going to be doing instant reviews on this? If there's not uh, a dildo in there, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that in there. So I'll pass these around for everyone to look at. They sent us a really great letter just explaining that, even though they know that their catalog is a Harley-centric catalog, that they all have bikes in their garages that aren't Harleys. Sure. They get it. Including one, one of the guys there who has a turd project. Sounds fun. That that's right up our sleeve. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> what, happened so, to the, what happened to the first and second project? <laughs> Yeah. The foist and the second. <laughs> when they got to the turd. But the turd, turd is the number two. So what they did is well, they sent us much. some universal things and um we're gonna, you know, play with these here, but then I think these are gonna be prizes we're gonna give out well, to not listeners. If, no, if they're ready. So, so. First thing they, they sent us that's universal is a phone mount. And this Ooh. is becoming more and more popular across the board. Um, universal always scares the hell out of me. I know. It, I usually, know. it usually means it universally fits nothing. <laughs> well, so yeah, so there's a nice phone mount and it actually looks pretty solid. And I've lost a phone on the freeway that fell out of my holder. Uh-huh. Um, that one looks pretty good. Yeah. And then this is a action camera mount. So that you can mount to your bars or any anything on your bike. There's like a metal thing in there. To mount a GoPro camera, mm-hmm. which is cool. pretty cool. But here's... Is that like a ball mount? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Cool. Here's the most awesome thing. We've got a cup holder. Oh, that belongs, oh, yeah. that belongs on a PC-800. <laughs> can, it, can it double as an and, ashtray? Uh, and a nice uh, printed catalog. 
Cool. So the cup holder, it's again, it's Here, they have pass, a lot of these pass accessories. The box so I can put this all the shit in something. Um, they have a lot of accessories that are like ball mount accessories, and uh, so they can really mount to anything. And this cup holder, it's a swivel cup holder, and it's big enough to hold like those big like travel mugs, mm-hmm. so that you know when you make your coffee in the morning, fill up your travel mug, stick it in your cup holder. Yeah. Get to work. Yeah, uh, this is a good item. Yeah, we don't have time for, for drinking. So, yeah, thank you, Zero 3D. We're going to be checking these out and playing with them. Yeah, it looks cool. Now, dirt biking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, uh, describe the dirt yesterday on a scale of 1 to 10. It was really good. It was like definitely in the eight and a half, eight and a half ish range. It was eight and a half, nine maybe. <sighs> it was really good. So it rained a couple days ago. Yeah, so that's w- the perfect dirt biking dirt. You have to picture where we ride. If you're not from the area, it's a little bit inland from Monterey Bay in San Benito County, the uh, Gablin Mountain Range that runs. Um, it's like in Hollister, basically, towards the way to towards Pinnacles. So you know it gets up maybe fifteen hundred feet or so. Very dry, alkaline soil. And um, and they get maybe eight inches of rain a year. So typically when we ride, it's fairly dry, powdery. Still fun, but that is what it is. So we got, uh, well, I know here we got over an inch of rain. And down there, I think they got about three quarters, which was perfect last week. So all the uh, the hard pack kind of dusty stuff turned into it was like, like cake, like chocolate yes. cake. Yes, mm. it, it was, was just like cake. Some of the best grippy uh, wet sand, not wet, but damp sandy soil, you could imagine. So you could just rip. The tires gripped really well. There was a little bit of mud. Could have been a little bit more. But, um, yeah, the conditions were about as best, about the best that I can remember them being. It was fun. Cool. And we had a little bit of a late start. We had a lot of us with battery issues. Who's a lot of us? Uh, you. Michael. Oh, Mike, Mike did too? Me. Yeah, not me. Okay, well. Um, and then we finally got going and uh, did a run and I we went up the mountain and I got a flat tire. Oh. But what was funny is <laughs> this is funny. Is this the comment? So we had a, we had a group of people including like Olya who's only been a couple times and Sigalen who's never been. Uh, who else did we have that I don't know how many t- Michael had never been Mike was there. Michael. Hmm. Um, so we went and warmed up on the TT track and then Jim's like alright let's head on up to Nutshot Junction and the problem is we have renamed all the roads yeah. our names basically like. to, to crashes right. yeah to crashes and uh, Jake's Trail so Nutshot Junction the group takes off riding and Jim is leading and I'll take the tail and know where we're going and then the group turns off on a path that wasn't where we were supposed to be going. And I'm like, well, I guess Jim changed his mind. And we start heading up the mountain, and we get up to the top, and we're doing these trails, and I'm just following. At some point, I look ahead, um, uh, because Jim had pulled over and was waiting for everyone, and then I said, when did Jim change his jersey and get a Yamaha? (laughs) And realized somebody in our group, I think it was Olya, Started following the wrong person. Oh no! Which happens, and this has happened to me. When you're dirt biking, you you know people's faces, and then suddenly they put on all their jerseys and helmets, and you're lost. Right. And I don't know, Sigaland, if you, oh, you, because you were with Jim. I was with Jim. Yes. Right. And She's so a very good. We're up she on pays the, attention. We're up on the top of the mountain. I got the rest of the group, and I'm just like, ah, oh, crap. <clears throat> we lost them. And so I'm trying to identify who is in our group and who is in the other group. And I'm just like, as everyone has came to another stop waiting to group at a junction, I'm like, who are you? What's your name? (laughs) (laughs) 
Are you with us? Where'd you come? Okay. Well, how many were in your group? Uh, oh gosh, it was five eight. or seven. I don't know. I don't see, so this is like part of the problem. <laughs> didn't even know. We had, just, just to interject, we had that happen today. We're ripping around, and all of a sudden, we come to a couple of people on the trail, and a, like a, a bike's like thirty feet down. And I just look at the guys. I'm like, "Is that our friend or your friend?" <laughs> He's all our friend. I'm like, "Cool, okay, you guys, good, good." good. Anyway, and uh, so I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna just like have to lead this group." Once I realized, okay, we're separated, but we were heading in the right direction, and I knew that we. Could come down onto where you were going it was to impressive, be yeah. and that's when i discovered i had a flat tire so yeah. i had to like limp it down slowly but as soon as we come down the hill there's jim sitting waiting looking behind him for us and here we came from in front of him <laughs> like, oh, he's what? like what <laughs> <laughs> but at one point were you like what the fuck what happened yeah yeah is it yeah were you you're thinking somebody crashed or something oh what was i thinking yeah oh i don't know yeah, you don't give a shit. Give a shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I actually had to limp my bike in and get a new new tube. And then while I was there, I'm like, fuck it, throw on another tire. Which is great, because in this dirt bike park, they have a store and a shop. And they can do stuff like that. Oh, cool. Yep. And so I got, yeah, a uh, new tire. And once I had a new tire, rear tire, mm. I had like, you know, it's like when you're five years old and you get new sneakers oh yeah and you can run faster <laughs> my favorite part part about the whole story is when you uh, took your bike to get it serviced and get a new tire put on they're like yeah come back a little while it'll be done and you go back and it's not quite ready and how come it, was, it took a little bit longer to fix than they thought um because they said it took an hour to get the wheel off because there's been no maintenance done to that thing and oh, everything no. was stuck together. And he's like, you know, you need a chain and sprocket. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get around. <laughs> nice. You're, you're like the worst maintainer of dirt bikes ever. Oh, I am. Oh, my I God. Know. It was fun, though. Um, but it was a great day. But it was a great day. The Sigalin, this was your first time riding dirt. Yes, it was. Um, how how did it go? When I was here last weekend, uh, Jim said, "Why don't you try go um, dirt riding with us?" And I said, "Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, show up uh, Saturday, uh, meeting point, and uh, we'll take care of everything." Sure, I showed up, and everything was waiting for me: a motorcycle, uh, the boots, the helmet, the goggles, uh, all the equipment. And um, I'm totally new, so I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. All I know is to ride uh, street motorcycles. So I was given three advices, very, very precise. The first one was um, sit in front of your seat, like very close to the tank, hug it like you're going to fuck the handlebar. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you can try and do that. That was me? <laughs> I think it was Mike who I said thought that. my first one was drink a beer. No. <laughs> we did that, but I think it was Mike who said that. And then the second one was um, uh, forget you have a front brake. Sure, <laughs> I can try that, that see. <laughs> and then the third one was if you see any obstacle, just go faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to apply the three advices. It was uh, it was quite nice because I I was on a TTR 125, so uh, pretty light, um, quite <coughs> nice to handle. All the advices I was given reminded me on riding a horse, so I could do that, uh, hug it tight and lead and all that. And um, as the terrain was quite nice as i was told i don't know i'm new so <laughs> if i need to have more mud maybe i need more dirt or mud i know no idea <laughs> but i had great fun uh, when i woke up this morning i felt like i'd spent the night in a tumble dryer in action <laughs> <laughs> 
Now that's fine too. <laughs> okay. and, uh, and I'm ready to do it again. I really loved it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to interject for just a second if, if I can. So the coolest thing, just to start with, I'm there. We're kind of hanging out, you know, getting stuff unloaded. And... Uh, and she pulls up on a Harley, which is just awesome right out the <laughs> gate. So here comes Segula pulling up on her Harley. Which That's was, what I have. Which was really cool, right? And um, and she took to it like a fish to water. And I, I think just for context also, you know, you've been writing your whole life more or less, right? Yes. Well, yeah, you've been writing a long time, a long and, time. but never writing dirt. And, um, and she hopped on the bike, and we just gave her a few whatever basic stuff and turned her loose. And... And she just took right to it, and uh, she was fast. I mean, I was. I think the one thing I heard most when people described, like, "Wow, she's fast," you know, for your first. I was taught to go fast when there's an obstacle, and there was a lot of them. <laughs> I, I was saying uh, she's one of those people who's new to dirt bike riding, so she does what she's told, and she doesn't have enough knowledge yet to be fearful of how fast she's going. <laughs> like she's like, okay, but what I loved is she just took instructions well. But as we're going around the TT track, and Reg, you'll you'll, uh, you'll enjoy this. She was told, you know. When you're turning, stick your leg out. So she's t- just the leg would just <laughs> stick out in the air. Like I'm not sure why or what it's doing, but the leg would just it's out there. It was just out there. But she didn't have her like hips in the right place. Wasn't leaning the bike right, but that leg was out there. <laughs> Make sure the leg is out there. <laughs> I don't know why, but my, I'm just sticking my leg out. No, and she, um, yeah. she got it more and more. I think your body gets more understanding of what's going on, and you didn't crash, did you? I tried really hard. But you, didn't, you, didn't try, you didn't try hard <laughs> enough. You didn't try hard enough then. Next time. I know. You didn't take her on the jump. Thank you to you? everyone, because really it was great fun. Yeah. But, but you know, Segalane, having ridden with Segalane on the street for really, it was a thousand miles in a weekend, she's a very experienced rider. And we, we rode very, very well together because we've been at it for so long. It's almost like an intuitive thing when you've got two people have been riding so long riding with each other so it doesn't surprise me that you picked up the dirt so quickly well thank you emma yeah and she well you know read well in the rode well in the group and all that kind of stuff and just a lot of fun we had, we had such a good that was a lot that was a good fun day of riding i'm and, ready to do it again and the yeah, person good. and the person who behaved the worst was that you jim I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, I no. did have the bonehead move of the weekend. But no, that goes to Mike because he was that guy. Wh- which Mike? McCarthy? Or? No. Oh. Award-winning Mike. Award-winning Mike. What did he do? I would just, you know, <laughs> we got we to gotta leave at 3, so he pulls up at 2.59. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> then it cut, cut to like 3.20. I'm like, come on, Mike, I got to go. You're busting my balls. Hold on. You're making me rush. I'll be hey, one second. I, I'm like, come on, Mike. I, I just like to bust though. his balls because he is that guy. He had yeah. that KTM 500. I thought for sure when I saw him show up with that, I'm like, you're going to launch so fucking far off the cliff. They're going to be helicoptering your ass out of this place. Oh, speaking of which, we had uh, Brian, who's a podcast kind of mm-hmm. dude, listener, and uh, shout out. He came with us and was riding, and uh, he launched off a trail, which was oh, pretty funny. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Me and Adrian were riding at the end of the day yesterday after you guys had left and you know adrian likes to ride a little spirited and we were on some really f- cool trails i hadn't been on before again and um, um long story short adrian was leading we kind of switched it up brian was in the middle and i was third so we ride for a while and twisties going kind of fast and then we i catch up to adrian i'm like where the fuck's brian i'm like and adrian's where is he i don't know i don't know and there was one spot where you could have kind of made a u-turn got on a trail and gone the other way and and he was he's a capable rider and we're like well i guess that's what happens so we ride back down to camp a little bit later he shows up like dude what happened he goes i shot off the trail down the cliff 
I was like, no way, where? He goes, yeah, with this spot. He goes, yeah, I saw you go by. I was all, hell. <laughs> but it was fortunate that there was another trail somewhere below him. So he was able just to get him and his bruised ass up and turn it downhill and go down and find another so, trail. So much for the buddy system. Yep. No man left behind <laughs> well, except on that day. Yes. That's the thing about Hollister is it's small enough that, you know, it's not small like you're. Small enough. Yeah, it's it's small. It's and Hollister, they'll actually come pick you up. Yeah, okay. it's not like you're like twenty. <laughs> yeah, but miles I mean, the, the point Sierras. is that I mean, if Brian is lying broken and smashed at the bottom of a cliff, how long would it be before he was rescued? I mean, are we talking days? No, 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 no. It would be just a matter of like, not long. Okay. Yeah, no, no. Hollister's small, and it says a lot of people. And anyway, so it was another successful. Dirt biking day. It was great. I, I, it's one of those days that makes me uh, want to go again. Oh, yeah. oh, we, soon. And we camped last night. It was me, uh, Chris, uh, Cretans mm-hmm. Chris, and uh, this dude, Brian. And we had a great, it was just the three of us, like drinking beers and, and uh, shooting the shit and all that kind of stuff. And then this morning we woke up and had some good flat track, well, TTR track racing, mm-hmm. which was always a hoot because the TT track was fast. Well, <laughs> you know who could out, out ride any single one of you guys? Me, pretty much anybody. Jocelyn. <laughs> that is right. So you guys remember yeah, um, a few weeks ago, up. we had our friend uh, Jocelyn Snow on here, mm-hmm. and she was heading over to South Africa for the GS Trophy, the final um, eliminations to make it onto the team going to Mongolia. And here to give us a report, we have Carmel. All right. So Jocelyn from the California GS girls and Bettina Nadell from the Colorado GS girls went to South Africa. They were 22 competitors representing 14 countries, three days from the videos that I saw of just absolutely brutal brutal challenges. Brutal. Yeah, Mm. brutal. Brutal. 10 hours of riding, oh. including nighttime. At wow. one point, 16 hours on the bike, Jocelyn said, I think. Good God. Ooh. Including and a blindfold what? <laughs> ride. They were riding and they had, the they, had <laughs> they had sheets over their faces. Use I, the fall. I need to okay, get hold on. <laughs> Going to South Africa and wow. doing anything with sheets over your faces is very dangerous. Okay, I'm maybe, just saying. Maybe, really? maybe really? they weren't sheets. Okay. They were blindfolds. Okay. Right. So, Man. and it rained. It, apparently it rained and oh. it rained and mm. it rained. I saw pictures of them. Like in two foot deep water up, troughs up to oh, the axles oh. in mud wow mm-hmm. and at the end of day one and they're vying for three positions one were, team of three riders that was initially the thought so at the end of the day one 22 down to 14 jocelyn and bettina made the cut so wow. uh, bettina so nadell is another american who went um so yeah, there was, and they're from all these different countries. And the, and the thing is, she was explaining that everyone is, um, all the men are competing for spots on their country's team, but the women are competing to form one team of women from every country and to compete with the men. But they were doing so well. And something just to point out, in case you haven't heard this before, just for reference, and I was channeling my inner Jocelyn mm-hmm. dirt biking because I'm trying to keep my feet on the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is don't f- forget, these are these women are like five feet tall. 
writing, you know, GSAs, 1200 GSAs through this yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. Which, by the way, they, they, they provided bikes for them. So these were not modified or customized to you know, them. Yeah, and we looked right. at the pictures, and the tires didn't even look knobby. They nope, looked like 80-20 street tires. Oh, shit. So, yeah. so at the end of day one... Jocelyn and Bettina continued on with the 14 new competitors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the end of day two, they were down to nine competitors. Jocelyn and Bettina continued to they make the like cut. They were like fourth and fifth, I think. Fourth and fifth. Oh, they'd, wow. been, they'd been fifth and sixth the day before, fourth and fifth the second day, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I went to bed and I thought, oh God, they're riding right now. I can't stand going to sleep. Oh. <laughs> and I woke up and they had decided to eliminate three riders keep six riders and form two women's teams. Cool. And Jocelyn and Bettina and a South African woman were on the second team. Who is shorter nice. than Jocelyn? Wow. What? Yes. So what was interesting, when I looked at team one and team two, both have one very tall woman yes. and two very, very, very short, short women. <laughs> cool. So, um, That's awesome. We're going to be hearing more from them. So this won't be until next year, but um, just watching some of the events they were putting them through i mean this was it was hardcore picking your bike hard. up and dropping it in the mud oh, and fuck. remember she was she at one point she was standing up next to the bike in a fucking mud slough oh and the wheel just spun yeah, itself she's, into she's its grave given the but but it's like the 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 handlebars are up like in her chest. Yeah. And she's giving it throttle, trying to like whip it around this muddy yeah. corner. Hmm. It, it, they're like superheroes. She's wow. a superhero. Yeah. They are. I am so proud to know both oh, of yeah. them and to consider both of them friends. They are I, going I, to fucking Mongolia. I, I was amazing. doing. I was. I was picturing some of the videos I've seen of her riding <clears throat> in this GS Trophy event, of her standing up and really craning her head to look where she's going. Which in dirt biking, I don't do. I look mm. right in front of me. I'm not looking through the turn. Such a big deal. And I was doing that on the trails. I yep. was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of scary. It's amazing. But the, yeah. It, well, you think about it in the street all the time. Keep your head up, mm -hmm. you know, look where you're going. But in dirt, you're like, fuck. The whole time you're like, oh, there's shit in the way. And it's so hard <laughs> to pick your head up. But as soon as you do, it's like your whole body relaxes. Because you're like, oh, I can see. Yeah. But I don't and know how she gonna, does it. You're not going to dab if you're looking up. Hmm. If you look down, you're going to put your foot down. Hmm. If you look down, you're going to hit what's ever on the trail also. <laughs> right. So, yeah, congratulations to uh, Jocelyn and Bettina. So yeah. proud. And, uh, yeah, America's going to be representing. Yeah. But, and Jocelyn's uh, so, so nice, I just, too. I just have to say, so she just came back from South Africa know, just, on Saturday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On Thursday... She's driving to Palmdale and doing the L.A. to Barstow to Vegas. Yeah. Ride. Cool. <laughs> right on. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's awesome. That little light exercise. Exactly. Yeah. I'll stroll through that. Yeah. She gets to go in a straight line for a change. So I'm sure that she is working Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, <laughs> and then riding Friday, Saturday, <laughs> wow. Sunday. Wow. Oh, and Reg, we didn't yeah. mention, I'm pretty sure she's over 50, isn't she? No, not yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You can she's, just she's, edit that out. Yeah. No, she's 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 but she's not a young spring chicken. She's, this is somebody's she's been a around few, a long time. She's a few years shy. Yeah. Bettina's fifty one. She's yeah. over fifty. So a lot of these riders are, you know Mature. Mature riders. Mm. Exactly. Bold riders. Overused words. <laughs> well, you know what? It's a perfect lead in to our guest tonight. So Reg Cottrell, all right. First, uh, I have to explain how you came to be here in the garage tonight. So, um, 
through a whirlwind of connections, Facebook and other, um, he found out that this was a place that you can donate tools, and he had a lot of extra tools. So he had contacted me and said, hey, do you want some tools? I said, yeah, bring them on down. <laughs> so he showed up today on his uh, Tiger 800 and had bags of tools and just plopped them down and just, you know, we just started talking. Now, um, it happened to be when no one was here except for me because everyone was either at Hollister riding or on the Vampire's ride. It's just me sitting out there in the parking lot working on my uh, DR350. Oh, Jim, which, by the way, I reassembled and <laughs> something went together wrong, and now oh, the Kickstarter won't work. <laughs> no. I was going to make a comment like, it might be a good time to do some maintenance oi, on your motorcycles, oi. Liza. Um, <laughs> so we're just talking as I'm giving him a tour of what we do here, because he really didn't know. And he started telling me about his his experiences motorcycling throughout his life, and and then ending with this book that he wrote um, called Motorcycles and Our Second 50 Years, which, uh, as he puts it, is an owner's manual for riders over 50. And I think this is really relevant because I know, um, I mean, I've been going through changes since I turned 50 where, you know, as, as telling Reg, I kind of hit a point where the... Um, I'm, I'm just not as interested in taking as many risks. Emma's <laughs> like, where is this going? The, the, reward, the reward versus risk has definitely been changing for me. Um, I remember there seems you to be an inside joke going on. No, no, no. And, uh, you know, and we do think, like, how long can we keep riding? Well, you know, how long can we keep riding like we're riding now? You talked about that. You and I did that cornering school on the uh, go-kart track. We got to rip around the go-kart track. Yeah. And you're like, man, I want to lean further, but, you know, something's stopping me. And I'm like, yeah, it's your survival reflex. <laughs> yeah. Saying, yeah. yeah, you don't need to go that fast in a corner. Yeah. But you know what, Reg? You've got a long history with, with biking. So let's go back first to your younger days and find out when did you get into riding? I got out of the Air Force and was broke, <laughs> which was a pattern that I've followed for many, many years. I needed, uh, I needed cheap transportation. Uh, I couldn't afford a car. I had a job at Western Electric. Uh, I was part of the AT&T outfit. So I thought, practically speaking, which I don't do a lot of or thinking, so what's the cheapest I can get? Well, a bicycle wouldn't work because I was 45 miles from work. Anyway, so it must be a motorcycle. So I was living in Hayward, California. I go to the Yellow Pages. Motorcycles, first one I come to was a Ducati dealership. Wow. So I didn't know what a Ducati was. I hardly knew what a motorcycle was. I mean, <laughs> in my reality at that time, there were Harleys. I didn't want one, but they mm -hmm. were there. So I go down to this Harley dealership, and it was a commercial garage, uh, like a rental, you know, rental garages. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I go there, and the door's closed, but the sign says open. So I knock on the door, and this guy yells out, go the fuck away. <laughs> I mean, that's not the first time people have said that to me, but usually they met me first. <laughs> so I bang on the door, and a roll-up door goes up, and there's this guy standing there, with his brother, and they had been fighting, fist fighting. Oh, 
<laughs> and I turned out this is what they did. They had other jobs during the day, and they were a du- Ducati Norton dealer at night. So I go in there, and um, were they Irish? Uh, no, they weren't. In fact. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I I told them my story. I needed cheap transportation. So anyway, I come back three days later, and I bought a Ducati 250 Scrambler, a beautiful oh, wow. Ducati oh. 250 Scrambler, black what, tank. What, what year? 1964. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, poor planning. I bought the motorcycle. They showed me the basics. We're out in front of their garage. (laughs) I fire it up, wave them goodbye, drive to the end of the driveway. I can't turn. I don't know how to turn a motorcycle. (laughs) I get off the motorcycle. I walk it till it's pointing in the direction I want to go, and I ride off. That was my introduction to motorcycles in 1964. Wow. Well, at least that's a good bike to have. Oh, I wish I had it back. Were you? Uh, did you grow up kind of in that East Bay area in that that generation? What's that? Were you? Did you grow up in Hayward in that area? Yeah, exactly. Because I think Ar- whenever I think Arl- that Arlen Ness, Ness was over there. Did you know Arlen Ness when he had his shop in oh, Hayward? Oh, very much so. He and I had businesses at the same time. In oh. fact. Oh wow. Interesting, cool. cool. That because there was a cool not only motorcycle but car scene right over there during that yeah. l- mid late sixties. Yeah. It was a happening spot over there. Did you ride off road at that time in your life? That time he, he's only been riding a few years. Really? Oh, wait a minute. Really? <laughs> really? That's a, that's a damn kid you invited. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Jesus. Oh, speaking of kids, we, we have an actual kid in the room right now. Isaac has shown up. Yeah, hey, yeah, young whippersnapper. Uh, yeah, Isaac, I don't know if you can tell, but we got the old crowd uh, in the house. Yeah, I'm, I'm no longer the <laughs> baby. Oh, you can sit over there and snicker at us. Ba- Bagel was the baby. <laughs> now we got Isaac wearing his instructor shirt. <laughs> Looks good on you. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I do lemon yellow quite well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you got that uh, scrambler. Were you taking it off-road and all? Well, the thing about racing, this um, the guys that I bought the bike from, they were average dirt track racers at the time and they kept telling me you gotta race you gotta race and good advice that was something I wanted to do but to make a long story short the very first motorcycle race I ever saw in my life was from the starting line I'd never seen a motorcycle (laughs) (laughs) this was at Hayward Speedway (laughs) yeah yeah I've I don't I've I've heard about it. I've never been Hayward there. Speedway? But I had heard a lot about it, yeah. Well Hayward Speedway as a property would be put in jail today if he mm-hmm. raced there. I mean it would it had it was surrounded by cyclone and board fence. There was zero runoff. Mm. It had a chicane in the middle of which was a telephone pole. <laughs> oh, oh man. And it was an incredibly dangerous track, but it Jeez. grew so many heroes. Not me, but guys like Jim Rice uh, rode there, raced there continually. Yeah, uh, just the names go on and on. So yeah. that was the first race I was ever Sur- in. And survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah, well, what very much was. Yeah. And there was another unique thing about that. Jeez. It was a TT track. So you went through the chicane, made a big sweeper, went over the jump, and then there was a tight left turn. Mm. Board uh, bordered by a cyclone fence. Mm-hmm. 
I cleared the cyclone fence. Oh. Not on my motorcycle, just oh. my body. Oh. <laughs> no, that's only half the story. Going into turn one, I tangled with another bike. Mm-hmm. We both flipped. It flipped me over this fence oh, into the stands. <laughs> so what did oh they do? Like, they threw me back over the fence. Over <laughs> the get, get back in there. You know, that was You don't get any time off. I, I raced Hayward for years. I paid two dollars tonight. Get your ass back in there. I thought that was the way you did things. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Wow. Well, it's funny when you when you when you watch the old movies like uh, on any Sunday or that those kind of movies, hey, and you see the way that dudes rode. That was contemporary. That's not right. Old yeah, that's not but old those old. guys would eat shit like crazy. Be like, yeah, his thumb got ripped off. Out. He was back in. So that's all. That's really cool. So. That was uh, the start of your racing, but you continued racing from there. Yes, I did. I raced dirt track uh, 250s for about seven years. Uh, I did okay, but I was the reason that other people raced. In other words, I was out there so they could beat me and then make them look good. I served a huge uh, service. <laughs> Northern California racers just idolize me for that reason. They always <laughs> You made me look so good out there. Thank you. Oh, I was, I was excellent. So, but what were you riding? Uh, I started out on that uh, Ducati mm-hmm. 250, and then... Um, that was the at that time Benelli's and Ducati do fifties two fifties were the motorcycles to have in the two fifty class. Mm-hmm. A lot of torque, great bikes, and then Boltaco came out with this oh. thing they called the Matisse. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just a beautiful bike that absolutely ran circles around all of us four strokes. So I couldn't afford a new Boltaco Matisse, so I raced my Ducati for uh, for another couple of years, and I steadily disimproved. It, uh, <laughs> so I got to the point where I could afford a new Boltaco, and I got a Boltaco Persang. And that just... It, uh, Still remains one of the loves of my life. Just beautiful. so, and like, wow. what what age were you about this time? Okay, well, I started late. I got mm-hmm. out of the service in '64. Started racing in '65, and that would have put me at um, 22, 23 years old. Oh, that's not late. Nowadays, they race out of the womb. <laughs> yeah, you're true. right for racing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is, and uh, but you had some success racing, yeah. I did. I, I did. Uh, you got you got lucky. <laughs> you know, you pick your tracks. Uh, to give you an idea of the strategy, to what I think I, I made a mention to someone that uh, a lot of races you win are before you ever get to the track. Well, my strategy was Hayward was the speed on Saturday night. That was the place to race. If you were anybody, you raced at Hayward. Well, when I'd get tired of having my ass handed to me on the track, on Saturday nights I'd go up to Marysville Triple M Speedway and all us also rans would go up to Marysville so all the fast guys were down in Hayward so I'd go to Marysville and then um, I could win up there. But then there was a strange thing happened. There was this kid showed up and he was tiny. I mean he was really short. He couldn't sit on the motorcycle so he'd have one foot on the ground and he'd have his leg over the seat. <laughs> wow. And when the flag went, he was always last off the line. Hmm. Always. And another strange thing about him, he, he, was, he was, I think he was 13. What? And he had groupies. Wow. <laughs> and then within weeks, 
he started w- winning everything. Mm. Every time he get on a bike, he would win. Well, it, the punchline is, you may have seen his coming, it was Kenny Roberts. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. There was one of two people I thought it was. Who was yeah. the other one you thought of? Like Wayne. Yeah. Okay, no, it or was... Mert. From from day Mark one, was a, he, I think he was married. But anyway, yeah. yeah. From day one, Kenny Roberts was. Kenny, yeah. But again, wow. I, I, as remarkable as his writing was, I never got over the fact that he was a thirteen-year-old with groupies. Yeah, <laughs> I was twenty-two you know and I couldn't get a date. I'll tell you what, we we saw him at the Quail this past year because they were featuring Yamaha and they featured. A, and he's not much taller. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you know what? He's still just like a—he's he's such a cool guy, but he has that that charisma about him. Well, yes and no. He's also one of the most direct people you ever want to. No, talk yes, to. I would not want to dance with him. Yeah, like, no. he, yeah, he will let you know. No, hey, Kenny, are. what do you think of my bike? It's a piece of shit. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's cool, though. That's really a cool it is. story. Yeah, he's—I yeah. mean—a fantastic man and writer. Oh yeah. So, yeah. did you ever get the Matisse? No, I had to. Per- I had a succession of uh, Persangs, which I did okay with, and then um, that segued to support my racing. I started a cil- cylinder boring business, hmm. and I had this thing called Trackside, where I had a trailer which contained my racing motorcycle, but also parts, and I'd take it to the track with me, and I'd sell parts out of it, and that went became a. P&A dealership, and that became a Hodaka dealership, which hmm. uh, probably half the world listening to this has never heard of. But that, that's where you made your millions? Pardon? The Hodaka dealership, that's yep. where you made your millions? Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my 10s. But they're still cool. Fun. I made they're my 10 They're still cool motorcycles. But I'll tell you something. We need Hodaka today. What that motorcycle yeah, was. No, they were cool. Wait, what was your favorite Hodaka? My very first one. It was a Hodaka Ace 90. Hmm. chrome tank and I rode the crap out of that bike I rode (laughs) every enduro in Northern California and that's when they were really enduros there was a start line, and then you hoped you found a finish line, maybe a day later. Right. I mean, now they're half their dual sport events, and I'm not taking anything away, but it's changed completely. But I absolutely, I could do more on that Hodaka 90 than almost any motorcycle. Also, it's, I was hurt worse on that motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> I broke my damn hip on that. Oh, but anyway. I got to tell you, Reg, you just disappointed Liza. Because she didn't want you to say an Ace 90. <laughs> she wanted to, she wanted your favourite Hodaka to be a Combat Wombat. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for oh. it. We were Isn't waiting there for also the wombat. Like a dirt squirt? I had a dirt squirt. Yeah, there you go. I had a road toad. Almost had a road toad. The road toad. Bright right. green, bilious green. And <laughs> sitting in my garage now on the stand is a uh, Hodaka 250. Oh, oh fantastic. So oh you, you know, Ooh. oh, we might as well just get to that now. What is in your garage right now? Oh yeah, <gasps> motorcycle-wise, yeah, a lot, a hell of a lot <laughs> okay, of unfinished products. You start listing, and we'll tell you when we get bored. Sounds like my garage. No, no, I, I just have unfinished projects. I don't have that many. I've got my daily rider, which is uh, the Tiger. tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eight hundred. That is cool. such a good bike. Nice. That is, that's a bike. That. I love it. In my opinion, that's the finest thing that Triumph make right now. Yeah, I I would agree. I have two. Um, 
I have my Buell race, my road race bike from years ago, which is sitting there crying to be resurrected. Bring it, yeah, let's get that thing going. That'd be fun. I've got another Buell S1. Uh, I've got a Buell Blast in oh. boxes. I've oh, got all the these five, projects. The 500 single. Yes. Yes. Do you know the thing about a 500 single? When I was growing up, that was a big-ass motorcycle. It was a big bike. And it intimidated the hair. Now they're entry-level. Right. I, I, I just I don't understand. But yeah, go back to the 60s. If you had a matchless 500 single, you had something. Well, I mentioned riding Enduros. The big bikes to have then were 500 and 650 Triumphs. Right. And they had about an inch and a half of travel in front. And the men were, who were riding him, there were no women enduro riders at that time. The men who were riding him, you know, they had forearms like trees. And, I mean, you didn't, there was no finesse in riding those big bikes. Right. You just jammed through with things. They were heavy as hell. Things have changed. So, and how long did you have that dealership? About five years. Yeah. And you said that, um, did, so when did they stop making Hodakas? I'm going to be hazy in the date, but it would have been, it was the late 70s. All right. 76, 77. What, what was the demise of, of Hodaka? Do you all know that? Well, the other Japanese manufacturers just flooded out everything. Yeah. I mean, I won't say they destroyed the British bikes, but they pushed them completely out of the market. Hodaka couldn't compete because it's a volume business. And you could go out and buy uh, a Yamaha 125MX, which would run circles around the combat wombat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they were ridiculously cheap. Now that you look back, you know, four or $500, you could buy yourself a new motorcycle. Have you uh, been up to the Moto Talbot Museum yet? They've got some Hodakas up there. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. In fact, uh, I've also attended the annual Hodaka, what are they called? Hodaka Days, I guess, in Pendleton, Oregon. Wow. And if you're a Hodaka freak, you got to go there. It's, uh, I mean, never have you seen so many cheap machines have so much money poured into them. I mean, they. (laughs) I I remember when I was a kid, my, um, my best friend had a family ranch. And there was an old motorcycle in the barn, and I went to go play with it. And it was a, a Hodaka, but at the time, I was like, who, who misspelled Honda? Like, what idiot? <laughs> I had never heard of a Hodaka. <laughs> you know, that, that brings up a, a, a point. I had this P&A shop, and particularly at Christmas time, parents would come in and want to buy gifts for their, for their children who had motorcycles. And generally speaking, when the moms came in, they didn't know anything about it. And more than once, and there was one occasion in particular, this woman came in and she said, I, I want to buy, what was it? Oh, she wanted, she needed a new seat cover for her son's dirt bike. Uh, and it was a Honda. She says, a Honda. And I said, well, what model Honda is it? She says, oh, it's Suzuki. It says right there on the side. <laughs> I said, Wait, this is a Honda Suzuki. She says, yeah, that's right. So Honda was brilliant in their marketing. Everything with two wheels was a Honda. I know. But then you started something that turned out to be a pretty good success for you, right? Because... You weren't riding just uh, Hodakas then. You at some point you got into Harleys, right? 
Yeah, uh, accidentally. Well, that's the wrong way to put that. I, <laughs> I, I swore when I was riding dirt bikes. I mean, Hollister and Clear Creek and Redwood Road and South Lake Tahoe, Rubicon Trail. These are the things I lived for. And I swore up and down that I would never ride in the street. I thought it was the stupidest thing that you could do. Um, but I... <laughs> I, the job I had wasn't working out too well, so I had to get a better-paying job, and I went to work for a computer company in Silicon Valley, and didn't have a lot of money, um, so the bikes were sitting in a garage. I, I couldn't afford to ride them. I started making money at this company, and a friend of mine says, you ought to get a street bike. And I thought, well, maybe I should. You know, I'm getting old. I think I was 35. And uh, <laughs> so I started researching bikes. And I decided that we, here in Santa Cruz, there used to be the Plum BMW dealership. You remember that at all? Boy, I am old. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I went down to this dealership, and I looked at a K75S BMW and absolutely fell in love with this thing. I didn't like the boxers, but this three-cylinder K75S, I had to have this motorcycle. You know what we call those in England, Reg? The briquette. Brick and the, the, exactly the K100 right. was the brick, yeah, and yeah. then the 75 was the briquette. But they didn't sell very well here. No, and they didn't sell that well. I say they didn't sell well. I mean, well, they, you know, BMW thought they were going to replace the uh, old opposed twin with right. these. Right, and it was a, it was a very radical design it for was. the time. Very, very smooth three cylinder. Oh engine. God, yeah, and they sounded great. Yeah. So I put a I put a deposit down on a, a blue one. Blue is my favorite color. So uh, this was on, I went down on a Saturday, and I said I'd be back the next Saturday and pick up the bike. So I worked in Santa Clara. I thought, you know, there's a Harley dealer. I owe it to myself just to go buy the Harley dealer. Well, I walked into the Harley dealer. This is 1987. And uh, it, it was fully equipped, and meaning under each motorcycle there was a drip pan. And there was evidence. <laughs> no, I am not exaggerating. That's, that's just the way. This was pre-evolution motor and yeah. they dripped that was a given so i'm looking at these things and i said nope this is not for me so the owner comes out and this this guy was interesting he was a new to motorcycle he made his money as a xerox paper salesman he bought this harley dealer this is san jose harley davidson he says i got something in the back you ought to see i have one of the new evolution motored harley so i go back there it was an fxr C. It had a blue frame with a blue metal uh, flake tank, and I just suddenly couldn't spell BMW. <laughs> I just, I had to have this bike, so in 87, I rode out of the dealership on a brand new FXR. Nice. And then at some point, this led to your new venture, your new business. I... I, I wanted to go to events. I was a new Harley rider. I had all the fresh clothing, and I looked the newbie that I was, and I wanted to go as many Harley events as I could. Well, I found out there was no place. You couldn't find out where these things are. Everything was word of mouth. Either you found hand-printed uh, bills or Xerox uh, notices up in bulletin boards. And so I thought, well, what this industry needs, at least in this area, it needs a calendar. So my first thought was I'm going to create a, a monthly calendar of Harley-Davidson events. 
and so I started uh, by this time I'd worked in a computer company about eight years and I knew I had to leave so I'd collected a little war chest of money to start my own business I just didn't know what it was so this calendar grew into a newspaper and in April of 1992 I published the first uh, edition of Thunder Press uh, Northern California only, 20 pages, seven advertisers. And I was just absolutely thrilled to do this. But in putting this together, I found out that there was probably not a worse ad salesperson in the world than myself. <laughs> I mean, I sucked really bad. And yet, I love putting this newspaper out. So I struggled for about two years until I found the right staff, good salespeople and all, and it, uh, it took off, it did well for me, and then I ended up selling it in 2002. And the paper's still around. That's awesome. This was, so like in the 90s to 02, 92 to 02. Yeah, my timing that. was perfect, although it was unintentional. And were you doing a lot of the writing yourself? Writing? writing? Yes. Oh, Lord. Let me tell you the stories. When you start a publication, you don't have much credibility. So I had to write most of it, so I used any number of pseudonyms. So my initial papers were all my writing by all these different names. <laughs> what, was your, what was your favorite pseudonym? What's that? What was your favorite pseudonym? I'm about to tell you. Thank you for the lead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here I'm this computer uh, corporation expat, not a bad guy, uh, not a Hell's Angel, not any of the clubs. I never belonged to a motorcycle club in my life and don't want to. And suddenly I have all these new friends. They're all from a part of society that uh, I never hung out with before. Well, they turned out to be a hell of a lot of fun, and they were good people. But in my writing, I, I couldn't reflect their views because I wasn't one of them. And I tried to find somebody who could talk to that side of motorcycling. Because we're such, I mean, it's, motorcycling is so diverse. And I found that out immediately in putting this paper up. I couldn't find anybody. So uh, I created a columnist by the name of T-Rex Rude. <laughs> and T-Rex was the dark side of me. So I'd write, I would write these columns which me didn't agree with. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. That's for, great. For example, I'm, I'm an avid helmet user. I always have been and I always will be. Law be damned one way or the other. So, But I would write these columns about how stupid helmet yeah. laws were and how yeah. stupid people are wore. And I just, Episode one, helmets suck. Oh, I <laughs> T-Rex rude defined. Helmet suck. Right. So, T Rex Rude had a following. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't. I didn't have a following. Oh my God. Are so you I'm, like a tortured no, no, soul? Did you know. slowly? <laughs> did you slowly like make T Rex Rude more more reasonable until like eventually no, you had all the helmet suck guys? I, I, it was I, like I, Barney. No, T Rex Rude allowed me to say things and that I wouldn't normally say. Did you walk around your house like raw? Yeah. <laughs> so I. My wife worked in a business with me, and I had three or four employees. None of them knew I was T-Rex Root. Wow. <laughs> and what I would do, I'd write the column and then fax it to the office. <laughs> That's, <awesome. laughs> That's great. And 
Then, you know, Debbie, my office manager, she'd bring it in. Here's T-Rex shoot. Oh, look at this shit. You know, who's this guy? <laughs> Liza so I, is so jealous right now. <laughs> I, 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 kept, I kept this up for months. And one of my salespeople uh, had a boyfriend, Bob. And Bob uh, became pretty good friends with it. And we used to go a lot of runs together. And we went up the Redwood Road, uh, Redwood Run one year. And he and I are sitting in a pizza parlor around four or five other riders. And um, somebody brings up T-Rex Rude. <laughs> and so, you know, I got to stay in, you know. In character. Uh, right. Well, not to, I had to stay out of character. Yeah, right. like, yeah that guy's an ass. So I said something like, yeah, and you know, I publish his column, but he's really full of shit. <laughs> Bob, my friend, stands up across from the table with me, and he starts screaming at me. You know, you punk ass this and that, and he grabs me by the shirt. Oh my gosh. He's defending T-Rex Rude. Holy shit, and attacking you. <laughs> and I, and what the hell, I'm, do, I, do, you know, do I save my life by telling him I'm T-Rex Rude, and then the rest of the readers kill me? So I didn't oh, tell him shit. a T-Rex Rude, and I never ever told anybody well your secret's safe with us yeah, no don't it, worry it, it finally it finally snuck out after i killed the column oh, wow. but it was it, it finally it, came it gave out me an, it gave me such an understanding of the power of the press wow i don't want to name names but you can say anything and certain amount of people will believe oh you. yeah i mean i got to the point i was believing what i was writing so oh, no. anyway <laughs> so you're cutting your chops at this newspaper you sell it. You're an older writer now, and you realize what things were starting to change, I think you said? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have great respect for Harley Davidson, the company. Uh, I, the bikes got to the point where they pissed me off. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, as a journalist, how many ways can you write the same thing and for many many years that's <laughs> what you were talking about you know mm -hmm. in in my racket of journalism there's the uh, motorcycle journal it's the bng anybody familiar with the term bng no. bold new graphics <laughs> and Harley Harley played this BNG game for yes. so many years and parts bin engineering. You know, they got you, you got a picture, wall of parts, <laughs> and they build a new model. Well they will just take it from here and here and here and they got a new model. It's all the same. Wow. So I became really disenchanted with Harley. I gotta say this, their newest stuff, good stuff. But Harley wasn't offering what I wanted to do. I was, I was getting more into adventure riding, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. being able to carry stuff. I loved the motorcycle camp, and it just wasn't working with my Harleys. Right. So came the triumph and a whole different part of my life. So as an aging rider, did you find that your riding was starting to change? Your ability on the bike was changing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> When I was 59 years old, I started road racing. And, uh, okay, hold on. <laughs> let's just say, let's soak that wait, one wait, in. Re yeah, rewind and say that again? Well, right over my head at first. Uh. Okay, at 59, you decided to start road racing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm with you here. Well, I, was a, I really loved the Buell motorcycle. Mm -hmm. and, uh, excuse me, and I've always liked to go fast, so I thought that was a natural. So I took a number of Keith Code courses, mm -hmm. which uh, were excellent. And I started racing as an amateur, and I did pretty good uh, for the 
given the motorcycle and everything, you know, it raised the Formula 40, or excuse me, Formula 50 class, which, oh, what a sucker bait that is. I don't know if you're familiar with road racing, but they have this class goes Formula 50. Well, you think, hell, a bunch of old farts, Mm -hmm. and I can beat them. Well, what Formula 50 is, these are the guys that have graduated from Formula 10, Formula 20, Formula 30, <laughs> Formula 40. <laughs> I mean, they, there was nothing they didn't know about racing. Anyway, so I got in with this gang, and I, I did well. I felt uh, good about my I won a minor championship. And then that period of my life was over because I was spending $1,000 a weekend racing a Buell. Yeah. It ate tires like I couldn't believe. But then, to, to your point... As the years go by, I was editor of American Writer Magazine for a couple of years, and that went defunct. I'd like to think I had nothing to do with that, but (laughs) timing, it's all in timing. And I noticed with my writing a few years back that it i wasn't holding a line mm-hmm. like i used to be able to as we all know as writers that line in and out of a turn particularly the line into the term becomes critical yeah and i wasn't being able to hold a tight line and so my first thought was uh you're old and this happens with old people you know and then i thought I don't think so. Yeah, I'm old, but I've been riding for years. I have a set of leathers with uh, hash marks on the sleeve, mm-hmm. and I have four had four hash marks, each one standing for ten years of riding. And wow. I really wanted to get that tenth, or excuse me, that fifth hash mark. So I thought I got to ride another three or four years. So I started looking into old age. Yeah. What the hell is old age? And I discovered a huge number of myths about old age. And one of them is that uh, your muscles, due to old age, atrophy, just normally you lose your strength, da 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 that's bullshit. What happens is, as you get old, you become more sedentary, and you lose muscle mass. You lose bone strength. But that isn't due to aging. It's due to the fact that you're not doing anything anymore. So anyway, as I started to look into this, I realized that my problem was not age so much as lack of physical condition. So I I did a lot of research. uh, What is physical conditioning for my age group? What's best? Diet, exercise, on and on and on. Short circuit, the book resulted. Right. So can you um, describe some of the chapters in this book so people know what directions you go with it? Well, I just skimmed this and I'm definitely buying it. <laughs> and I'm 22. Yeah. <laughs> and you should. You're in there with a kettlebell. You're the guy that should like. buy it, actually, because you're going to get to this. <laughs> yeah, get the, get the no, advice. I, for real, though, like, like I skimmed it, and there's so much in there, even, even like going over it for five minutes. I can't wait to hear what was said while I was reading it. Well, you know, I look at things things like eyesight, mm-hmm. um, bone strength. Bone strength is hugely important to those of us who are, you know, I want to say advanced age, but I'm 25 years older than all of you. <laughs> we haven't said how old you are yet. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'll be 75 in three weeks. Yeah. Uh, well done. Cool. So, but anyway, started looking at the bone strength and what you, uh, falling for people over the age of 65 is the largest cause of death in the United States. Mm -hmm. And the reason is brittle bones. 
and what happens is the bones never heal so in the general generally the body just dissipates because you're not moving you're not doing anything so i found out that um, uh, in my book i note exercising for bone strength this is not to build mr and mrs athlete mm-hmm. that's not the point this is fitness <clears throat> this is bone strength this is to make you a better rider for instance on a good day i'm five foot seven and a half i got a motorcycle with a seat height of 32 inches mm-hmm. um, I, well, ha- I watched your technique out there today Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) The the point is, all of us, particularly if we're in a short show, what are you nodding here? You're not short. Liza has a strange fascination (laughs) with how short people get on motorcycles. Yeah, you got to have leg strength. And so I work a lot on leg strength. I work a lot on upper body strength, not to build biceps so much as flexibility. Like a lot of people my age, I have arthritis in every damn joint. But I'll tell you something about this. Now, let me say this. I am not a doctor. I am not a physical therapist. I do not know what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) But I have severe arthritis in both wrists. About a year and a half ago, it was incapacitating me. Mm. I just... Uh, the throttle hand wasn't bad, but the idle hand, when you're going across country, when it just sits there for hours and hours, I'd get off the bike and I'd have to hold my hand. Wow. And at the gym, I started backing off on the exercises. I stopped doing these exercises. I reached a point where I said, screw it. I'm going to give up the bike or I'm going to power through. Again, kids, don't try this at home. (laughs) I started doing my exercises again, and I started building up the weights slowly but surely. It hurt like hell. But it got to the point where the pain is minimal. And I, I go to the gym three times a week. I do all these basic exercises, and I found that I can keep arthritis at bay just by exercising. Wow. Well, yeah. The whole huh. message in my book is so simple. Keep moving. Yeah. Motion yeah. is the lotion. That that is Ooh. absolutely that is absolutely little pearl of wisdom, Liza. You get that one? Yeah, I like that one. All right. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know if I answered your question. I don't care. That was awesome. Yeah, that was that was really that was really good to hear. And I think like what I'm taking away from that and I felt it like today and anytime I go dirt biking, as long as you keep moving your, your body likes to be engaged. It likes yes. to be physical. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but all of us in this room, we're all 19 up here, right? right. That doesn't change. You're always 19 upstairs. <laughs> and um, But I find the, the more active I am, the better I feel. Absolutely. So that, it, the way you put it in context was really helpful, though. That was good. And, yeah. you know, if you put it in mechanical terms, I mean, you know, I understand the mechanics. That's who I am and what I do. The worst thing you can ever do to your bike is let it sit idle. Mm. Yeah. The the bikes that run and run hard regularly are the ones that last the longest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um <clears throat> and especially an old bike. If you take an older bike and let it sit for two or three years, you are in a world of hurt yeah. when you try and resurrect it again. And so it is with our body. Oh oh absolutely. Um it, it the most important strength you can develop in a body is your core strength your lower back your uh, abs your chest in this area because this is this is your frame and you can have the greatest motor in the world but if you have a crappy frame you ain't going anywhere 
So this is really good. And I know people who've um, given up riding because like their wrists were hurting too much. You hear this from people that it, it just it becomes too hard. So you've got a lot of good stories in this book, but there's one I want to make sure that you tell us about uh, Philip. Yeah. Um, this is going to sound preachy, and I don't mean it to because there is a lesson there, and you need to listen, if not to me, to somebody else. I was up outside of, uh, outside of Washington in 1989. Uh, I was in Washington, outside of Mount St. Helens. It was hotter than hell. Beautiful day. I was there with another writer. And we stopped for lunch. And Bob, the guy I was with, we order lunch, and he says, I'm going to have a beer. You want a beer? I really, really wanted a beer. <laughs> but from day one on a motorcycle, I told myself I would never get on a bike if I was drinking. And one beer, one glass of wine still, that's drinking, getting on a motorcycle. So I told Bob no. So we had lunch, had a great lunch, and again, it's warm. We leave the restaurant. We're going through a little town called Morton. Uh, Two-lane road, beautiful green on each side, no sidewalks, light traffic. I'm following a car. Bob's behind me. And in front of the car on the side of the road, I see a man standing there. And he walks out in front of the car. Car puts on his brakes. I on a motorcycle. I put on my brakes. The man looks up, sees the car, goes back to the side of the road car goes by. As soon as the car goes by, Philip, I found out his name later, turn around, walk right in front of me. Mm. I never touched the brakes. I hit him doing probably 40 miles an hour. Jeez. I'm upside down in the air. The bike's on the ground. My body's upside down in the air. I look under my arm, and I see Philip on the side of the road, and he's looking up at me, raised on his elbow. So I slam into the ground, and as luck would have it, the car behind Bob was a nurse, and she was going to work. So she came up to me, and I wasn't in pain. If you've ever been in an accident, the pain doesn't hit immediately. Mm -hmm. Your body protects you. As it turned out, I wasn't really injured that bad. They took me to the hospital. They x-rayed me. Um, I had broken collarbone, a couple of broken ribs, you mm -hmm. know, all the standard stuff. They put me in a room. And that night, a Washington State Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman comes into my room. And he asked about me, he's Mr. Cottrell, he says, you know, how are you doing? Uh, da, 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 da. And I told him, and he was very solicitous and just was really concerned. And then he gets up and he says, um, I'm sorry, but I have to inform you that Philip's last name died. Yeah. I'll tell you guys, that's not something you ever want to hear. That you'd killed somebody. Yeah. He took the time and the courtesy to tell me that they had trouble with this gentleman. He was old, really old. He was very sick, and he kept walking out on the road. And mm -hmm. what he thinks happened is he saw the car... When the car passed, he really didn't see my narrower motorcycle. He saw the car behind us, and so we hit. Now, the reason, I, first off, it took me years to tell the story. But the reason I started telling it is because 
Think back to lunch. Uh, you, you carry guilt for something like this, and you can have people tell you it wasn't your fault and this and this, but the fact of the matter is my motorcycle with me on board hit this man, and he lost his life. Now think back to lunch. Had I had that beer, if I had that single beer, in my eyes and in the court of law, my guilt would be significantly greater. So every time I hear a writer in particular say, oh, you know, that's no problem. I can have two or three beers. I have control. Indeed, you might. You might be able to drink a six-pack and never have a problem. But if something happens, suddenly that beer you had or that wine you had becomes of paramount importance. So again, I don't want to sound preachy on this thing, but this is a fact, folks, and it happened to me. True. Now, I want to lighten it up a bit. Remember the x-ray after the accident? Mm-hmm. Now, think of your Harley Rider. Think of your stereotypical Harley Rider, what, how he dresses and all. Anyway, I was in a lot of pain, so they take me into the x-ray room, and they wouldn't even take my clothes off because they worried about back injury. And they lay me on this table, and they do the x-ray thing, and I wait a few minutes, and a guy comes from beyond the booth, and he's laughing his ass off. He saw 15 skulls. (laughs) (laughs) What he saw was my Harley vest with about 400 damn pins on it. (laughs) It it looked like I'd been hit with a truck full of hand grenades. (laughs) I don't want to make light of the accident, but I always remember that as kind of a opposite. But you know, Reg, I couldn't agree with you more. I suppose I still am because I've never given up my license. I'm a commercial driver. Mm. So to me, zero, there's, there's alcohol is zero. And everybody here knows I, li- I like drinking. I love gin. I have a relationship with gin. <laughs> and I love riding motorcycles. But I don't mix the two. And there's another lesson for this, which I know you've picked up on, Reg. It exhibits how hard we can be to to observe from other road users. Pedestrians mm-hmm. have difficulty seeing us. Car drivers have difficulty yeah. seeing us. And it's not necessarily because they're lazy, not necessarily because they're mentally impaired, as this guy Philip probably was. <coughs> We're just hard to see. So do everything you can to make yourself more visible... Yeah, and just expect expect people to pull out in front of you and prepare. Yeah, assume the worst. So I'm sure th- there's a lot more good stories and information in here. So just to remind everybody, so it's Philip Cottrell, spelled K I T T R E L L E, and it's called Motorcycles and Our Second Fifty Years. And I know for a fact there's a lot of our listeners who, like us, are are entering our second fifty years. Well, you know, one thing that I like, you know, looking through the book is that you talk about like uh, nutrition, you know, and, and the importance of that and vitamins and i know you know like we just got back from dirt biking and you know i like going to ride dirt for like two three four days in a row and it's demanding and i eat a lot of calories i try to be thoughtful about what i eat 
But I think at the same time, the more that you're aware of the the demands you put on your body and how good, because I know it's like riding tired. You know, hey, let's go out for one more ride at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, you rode the, you know, the old dirt bikes and the enduro stuff, and you're like, okay, let's go. But when you're tired, it's difficult. But I think if you're thoughtful about your nutrition, thoughtful about exercise because when i'm working out i totally feel a difference like I was, we were talking like me and a segway were talking it's like when you go dirt biking and you're not working out or whatever it's like going from doing no squats to like two thousand squats in a day <laughs> right yeah. and then like a day later i can't walk but there's been times and i try to like i eat a lot more fruit now i eat a lot more vegetables a lot yeah. more root vegetables and also supplements like not all crazy but try to replace the stuff that you sweat out and I and I think the more that, especially as we get a little bit older, the more thoughtful we are about exercise and being active, and coupling that with appropriate nutrition and supplements. Yeah, you can. I mean, I have. I when I can stop riding, I'll die. And I like. I want to keep riding for a long time. There's things in there about eyesight. There's a lot of good information. Don't talk there's, about that, please. There's, there's <laughs> so much. No, there is so much good information. I'm going to do a very very quick quote from the book, which I like very much. You see. When I was at school, when it came to sports, <laughs> I was the kind of person that would hide in the back of the class. Or, Me too. I've got a note from my mum. I can't do sports. <laughs> but, right here in the book on page 49, five reasons motorcycle riding is a sport. Reason number one requires exertion. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Number two... You can dunk a basketball. Yes. (laughs) Number two, not everyone can do it. True. Do we all agree on that? Absolutely. Number three, it is a specialized skill. Mm -hmm. Yes. Number four, it offers an endorphin high. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And number five, do it wrong and you get hurt. Yes. Nice. <laughs> this book's a gem. It's a gem for anyone. If if you've got anybody in your life who has got a relationship with motorcycles, this is a great book. And Reg, yeah. where can people find it okay. if they're interested? That we had a pro- I didn't realize you were going to do me such a favor with the book. There right. is a slight problem. Okay. I had to temporarily shut down the website because I got overrun by Ugh, bots. Oh, no. Is there a way people can reach yes. you? Here, yes. If, if it's okay with you, I'll give my email Well, address. okay. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. All right, kitties, pick up the crayon. It's reg, R-E-G dot K-I-T-T-R-E-L-L-E at Comcast dot net. Got that? I want to go back to one thing he said. Yeah. I mean, and it's a driver for me. If you want to keep writing, I need incentive to do anything. I need incentive to get out of bed in the morning. I spent oh, the last God, 30 years all. being a writer. Besides, Pete. You know what I need to, to be able to write successfully? I need a deadline. You don't give me a deadline. Mm, yeah. It's incentive. So the incentive for this book is to keep writing. Yeah. I'm yeah. not trying to solve save the world. I'm trying to save myself. <laughs> well, yeah. I think it's awesome, and I think it's uh, fortuitous that... We happen to discover one another, <laughs> and it just, it just worked out. Um, and can I just say something funny? He's no. extremely well-groomed. <laughs> Rich is extremely well-groomed. Hey, Emma. Yes, darling. Guess what time it is. <gasps> it's game hammer time. It's game time. Woo! It's game time. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Bring it. 
So. All right. This one is called, it's, yeah, Motorcycles, Express Train, or Jeans. Now we're going to split the room into two teams. <laughs> All right. We're going to have the really old farts <laughs> as one team, and that would be the two on the couch. Reg right. and Emma. Incidentally, and do you the know... the other team just me. What am I getting into here, please? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> do you know why you should support... While we're talking about express trains, you know why you should support lady engineers? Why is that? It's a women's right to choo choos. Oh. Yes. Thank you. All right. So, just to be clear, so we got Jim, Bagel, Isaac, Segalin, and Carmel on one team. And then we've got the old farts. The old farts on team two. That's pilot. <laughs> now, this is an easy game. And I'm going to start with old farts on the couch. And it's easy. I am going to n- give you a name. I'm going to give you a name. And this name, this is a, this is a company name. This isn't a model name. This is a company name. If it's a motorcycle. Yes. If it's a train. Are we talking manufacturer or model? Manufacturer. Okay, very good. Um... So bring if, it if on. Basically, either you're going to put jeans at the end, express at the end, or motorcycles at the Are end. Are you getting this, Reg? Wait, get, no, I am not. No, I'm going to okay. give you a name. You have to pick which category it is. Is it a motorcycle, a train, or blue jeans? Okay, one I of those things. Category. One of the, yeah. So I'm going to give you all. Just, you two are teams, so you work together. Just come on up. We'll go first. Uh, come on out with it. We're hey, a team hey, against hey, two. Hey, the rest of us. This is oh, really easy. <laughs> Just will you spit it out, please? Okay. Well, let's go with Mercury. Ooh. Well, you know, you can Merc- talk to Well, yourself. now hang on. Now, Mercury was an obscure <laughs> model. This is not model. This is not a model. It's a motorcycle manufacturer. (coughs) Right. So you could buy a Norton Mercury, but we've already established it's not a model. But understand that some of these are maybe international, or they may be a a custom brand. It's the manufacturer, not the model. I don't think a motorcycle manufacturer could get away with it because Ford have been making Mercury's forever, and they would never give away the copyright. So that's the motorcycle out. Train or blue jeans, Reg? My first impression that it is probably a train. Let's go with a choo-choo. <laughs> Can That's we correct. It ran off? from New York Damn. to Detroit. Uh-huh. Oh, well done. Right. One for the old farts. Oh, oh, yeah. I was worried you guys were going to talk about it for like an hour and a half. Like, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For the, for the young team. Quicksilver. Train. Quicksilver. So you guys, I'm going to appoint Bagel, the captain of your team, because he's in the middle. I'm I'm no fashion maven, but could there be Quicksilver Quicksilver. jeans? There's an entire Quicksilver fashion line. Like That's a a company that makes surf clothing. Sex toys, not a choice. But, but but when a surf clothing company makes I'm, jeans, I'm wearing a quicksilver strap on right I think now. it's a train. I remember it as a '60s. Do you band. know it's a train? Because yes, quicksilver is the same thing as mercury. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. Is you should you should ask Craig Vetter about quicksilver. I would quicksilvers. go with a train. So, I go with Segalay. All right, so we got three train, one jeans. I guess it's train. We'll go for train. It's a jeans. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Ha! Don't. I want my own team. <laughs> I don't care. It should be a train. <laughs> so, nope. All right. Old farts. Okay. Let's go for mm. Orient. 
Oh, no, wait a minute. Wait Just a minute. Really racist jeans. Same question. <laughs> you see, she's trying to catch us out with Orient Express, which is a train, but it so is that's not, not a manufacturer. It's a, and I think... I feel like this is Princess Bride all of a sudden. No, it's a, it's a, motor, <laughs> it's, it's a motorcycle. Inconceivable. It's a motorcycle. From 1899 to 1900. That's how long they lasted. Ah, Booyah! Wow. <laughs> Woo! Old farts win again. Well okay. <laughs> Youngins. Yes. <laughs> alligator. Alligator? Alligator. alligator. I got alligator skin on my knees. Mm. Train. All right, bagel. Train. Uh. Listen to your peoples. I mean, if you've noticed, Jim is giving no input. Well, whatsoever. train. I could, I can imagine there being an alligator. I train can't even remember the category because a train's kind of shaped like an alligator. Train, trains jeans are motorcycles. If, you if we said train <laughs> long you enough, guys it would happen. So right? I guess a train. I mean, I've never heard of a motorcycle <laughs> called an alligator or jeans. I mean, Izod is the closest thing. I'd buy alligator jeans. <laughs> it was an alligator I, train. I bet Burt Reynolds drove it. <laughs> All right, Daniel, I need an answer. I actually Get that. <laughs> All right, let's go for train. No, uh, it's actually um, it's a really interesting motorcycle made from 2011 to 2017. It's Dan a feet forward. Dan Gurney feet forward really? motorcycle. It's a manufacturer. Yeah. 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 Called Alligator. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they still make them, in fact. Yep. Yeah. Really? Uh, well, so we okay. learn something new every day. Back to the old farts. Okay. Let's go with inter Depends. interstate. Battery. <laughs> <laughs> right. Interstate. You're not going to let Reg answer? Goldwing. No, no, that's the model. It's that's a in, model. It's inter... And it's the Goldwing wasn't... have to be the manufacturer. Oh, the man... Oh, the interstate's one of interstate. the cruisers it's anyway. inter No, it's interstate by Pooch. I need an answer. Yeah, uh, motorcycle. What do you think it is? I think it's a motorcycle because weren't one of the brands sold by Sears pitched as an interstate? That was Allstate. Oh, it's an Allstate. Damn it. Because the train would be the obvious one. Yeah. And the Norton was an interstate. We didn't call them interstates. We called them intercrates because they always fell apart. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> revisionist history. Yeah, yeah, it is revisionist history. God, interstate jeans. I'd buy some interstate jeans. They'd probably have a very wide crotch. And they look good, too. Yeah. To what? Straddle the border? So you're saying jeans? I need an answer. Oh, shit, Reg. I don't Sometime this decade. Well, here's what it's not. I don't think it's a motorcycle. Okay, so that leaves a train, which would be obvious... Pair of jeans. It runs out of New York Central. Oh. Damn it! it. A train. Oops. We're still oh. early. Yeah, we're still way ahead. We're unbeatable. Okay, youngins. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go with the Raven. Raven. Not the Blackbird. That sounds to me like a motorcycle. What do you guys mm. think? I'm not saying anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Raven. Raven. It could be a train line that runs out of Baltimore, I suppose. Jeans, train, or I don't think it's a train. Come on, I know you know. Oh. Could be a, a, a line of black jeans, maybe? I don't know. I, I need an answer. Sex toy. 
You never heard of anything like this, Liza? <laughs> what kind of sex toy would be called Raven? Oh, oh my god, it flies out the window. It's <laughs> got wings. Pointy beak. All right, what's your, what's your answer, Bagel? It's got a beak. I have no help whatsoever. Raven? Jeans. And talons. Oh, I want one right I now. I jeans. What, what, do you, what do you think? Jeans, train. <clears throat> Fucking jeans. Jeans, goddammit. <laughs> Carmel, any ideas? Jeans or trains? No, it's unfair. You're giving them far more time than we jeans. had. All right, you want to say jeans, Isaac? Yeah. All right, let's go for jeans. Uh, it's painful. That is correct. All right. Oh, yeah, was it tied? Wait, youngins are on the board. The score is one for the youngins, two for the old farts. Oh, okay. Almost tied. Catching up. Pressure's old, on old right farts A lot of now. pressure. Well, here, wake up. Wake Pressure's up over on. there. <laughs> Time's over. Wolf Hearts, let's go with Eagle Wing. Eagle Wing. If it's not a motorcycle, it's a Harley accessory. Is there one of the locks? It's half of a sex toy. Not quite a raven. It's part of the beak line. All right, right. Here's one right here. Okay, we're going to have to do the process of elimination. Nobody in their right mind would call the train an eagle wing. Nobody. I would. So that leaves... You said nobody in her right mind. (laughs) So that leaves motorcycle, and it could be like a really obscure Japanese make or a pair of jeans. What do you think? I can't... I can't see it being a pair of jeans, but boy, eagle wing and motorcycle doesn't ring a bell at all. Um, God, no, not even. Yeah, maybe it's a translation from Japanese or something. Um, well, what's our decision? Should we go with just try the motorcycle? You're going to throw away a point, huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you come up with something better. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't push it on me. Yeah. Look, um, now you're bickering. Come on. Okay, you know, let's do it. Motorcycle. Okay, that is a South African motorcycle company oh, from 2010 oh, to 2009. Oh, yeah. Damn it. Well wow. done. Wow. <laughs> Well done. We that. win. Yeah. I, well, swear, I swear that right. had to be a train. Thank you. Thank it's, you. Thank you. The thank score you. is three for the old farts, uh, one for the youngins. Wow. And we're on the final, final round. Uh, it's worth two. It is worth five points. Okay. What? <laughs> so youngins, if you get this, you win. All right. If you don't, you lose. Pressure's on. Okay, Siri. Mm. Let's go with. Okey-dokey. Let's go with Big Star. Jeans. Big Star. Is that jeans? Okay, I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna defer to Siglin and go with jeans. Trick question. I think it's a motorcycle br- company that has their own jeans line. <laughs> and they ride on a train. Yes. <laughs> so anyone else? Big Star. Uh, Unless it's a porn movie, but I got nothing. But don't listen to me, yeah. right? I, but I they are jeans. But don't listen to me. But they are jeans. They are jeans? I, I, I'm... All right. Okay. Jeans. No, no, no. I don't know anything. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. This is for all the kittens. Let's go. I am putting my trust in you, Sigalyn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Don't, don't. <laughs> are you sure? Jeans. 
That is correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's see if you had the five points. You know, and then, uh, wake up, Emma. We beat you. One, two, three, four, five, we oh, was hey. we was robbed. Oh, the score is twenty three hundred to fourteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way she does math. Okay. That's a good good job. Fuck <laughs> my luck. <laughs> well, tell you what. Tell you what. I'll give you old farts one more chance. Oh please. If you want. Do or die question. Okay. Double or nothing. Yeah. Go fart. Double or nothing. Go fart. Let's go with. <laughs> Bagel gets all my jokes. <laughs> Miss sixty. That's got to be jeans. Miss sixty. Yeah. Miss. 60. Oh, that could be an obscure Japanese name, though. <laughs> Everything could be an obscure Japanese name. <laughs> it's a translation from ancient Mongolian. Oh, yes. Um, no, God. I found that the Chinese scooters are a great source for this game. Right, no doubt. <laughs> no, is it, is Miss it? 60. Miss 60? Miss 60. Wait, is that one of those Pakistani motorcycles? <laughs> You know, it, I mean, I hate to say it, it could be an obscure Chinese the cash deposit brand. seventy, <laughs> the TSNA, the transfer. You know, they're going for the they're, they're going for the for the senior woman. Yes, Miss <laughs> Miss Sixty, buy our bikes and put on our jeans at the same time. You know, hmm. Could it be a jeans line for older women? No, I, 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 I threw away the point last time, Reggie. Oh, you're, you're so in, it's my no, turn yeah, to throw away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give it just anything give I say be a wild ass guess. Yeah, well that's Miss fine. Sixty. So we got jeans, motorcycles, or trains. Well, it ain't a train, so it's choice of two. I think you don't it is think a it's a train. No, no, I don't either. That's no, such I a good train name. I got uh, <laughs> Miss Sixty. Sounds like something you'd. Put Don't your leg it. in. Don't say it. Don't say it. AARP product. Maybe. No, I don't know. I can sure. I'll tell, I'm going to say jeans. Let me ask you, how many cc's is uh, 60 cubic inch? Oh, man. So is that your way of saying it's a Hang motorcycle? On. Well, uh, no, hold on. I can tell you exactly. Miss it's 60 a thousand. Right. It is a thousand cc. Mm, really? Yep. Well, 45 is 750. Yeah. Okay. So 60 is 1,000, right? No. So what's a 110 cubic no. inch? Yeah, it's 1,000. Yeah, it's 1,000. I wouldn't know, because these are jeans. This is a great game. Ha! Oh! oh we win! <laughs> well, no, that was only for one point. So oh. <laughs> the score is 2,300 to 15. <laughs> Next time I'm bringing my own quiz. No. <laughs> Uh, you guys, all farts win. That was a good, 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 good well, game. Well played, well played. What do, what do they say? Age and treachery overcomes youth and stupidity every time. <laughs> every so time. we got a couple emails I want to get to. Bagel, e email time. that all email? Right. This is from Matthew Litchfield. Matthew writes, hey, hey Matt. Hey, Misfits. I've written in before, and I've not missed a single podcast. God, you poor boy. Oh, my God. Our, get a life. Our I hope you get probation soon. I hope therapy helps. <laughs> you help me through the cold New England winters when I'm only able to ride a day or two a week. Just had to say, I love all you guys. That oh, all. I love you too. Matt Witchfield, Whitman Mass, and his You're signature a says, sick puppy. His signature says, now don't get all nut, don't, don't, now don't get all nutty. Let's do this methodically. 
<laughs> so thank you very much, Matthew. <laughs> nice. So um, I have one here from Matthew Curran. Hello, Matthew. And is, he's, is, he's is got a question no, for this us. This is another Matthew. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's got a question for us. He says, hello, I have a question. Well, there you go. Well, we'll do our best ones. I recently Matthew. sold my Elite 250. We had another Elite 250 uh, right yes, here today. The guinea pig. And he's uh. got two options for his next bike. Okay. So, uh, TC from the Rose City <laughs> Recycle Garage. TC! Yeah. I used to watch his cartoons all the time when I was uh, going, hey, yeah. TC! <laughs> Word up. <laughs> so, TC at Rose City Recycle Garage has got a nice, clean 82 GL500 naked. Yes. He is willing Ooh. to sell. We just had one of those yeah, yeah, the other week. Yeah, but I was at the fair. Or he can pick up an 81 XJ750 Maxim for the same price. He is looking for a reliable commuter and day trip bike. Oh, been don't, been don't. loving the podcast. Plan on taking a trip down south from Oregon this summer. Hoping to stop by. So, um... I wanted to say, we, Don't look, get we look forward to seeing you, but <laughs> if you get traps. either of those, we will not see you. I just want to boil, boil this down. So your question is, which one of these 35-year-old bikes would be the best reliable commuter? Hmm. I mean, this, DC's competent. Mm. <clears throat> So the answer is neither. <laughs> hmm. Absolutely. Is this the is this the silver wing? Yes. Five hundred. Yeah, yeah okay, but well, the silver, silver wing. wing the silver wing came with a full fairing, which we saw last week, yeah. and the naked one, which was basically a six five hundred yeah. custom. So it's a CX five hundred. It is, with yeah, with fairing, yeah. but without the it's fairing. It's a ProLink CX500. So it's a CX500 with a monoshock back end. Right. That's a GL500. That sounds fine. Yeah, it's um, okay. It looks I think the GL500 is kind of a cooler looking bike, but the Maxim mm. will be a better bike for doing a long distance riding. The, but, yeah, but I don't uh, know that either of these would be a good bike for a long trip. Now, for parts wise, you can still get parts for both, but I think the Maxim, maybe there's more aftermarket parts. No. Except it's no? one of the ugliest motorcycles. Exactly. Right. The Maxim is so It came ugly. out of the factory looked like it had been in an accident. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, the way that tank angles up, that's Ooh. unnatural. And you know, there is a there is a huge difference between the two bikes. And when it comes to servicing, the Maxim, bucket and shims. And a lot mm. of them. Mm. 6500, yeah, it's got lock, nut and tap it. And they're right there. They're poking right out the they sides. They are poking right there. So, I, yeah, I think if yeah, you want a cheap bike... Does he have a budget? Uh, well, they're both about the same price. So, yeah. um, If you want a cheap bike to play with, I guess the GL500, it's a little more of an oddity. You'll get more old people coming up to you saying, "I used to have one of those." Mm. Just and take then the you can, off. and when they do that, you can tell them all about Reg's book. But um, <laughs> I never heard old people talk like that. The cab- <laughs> you That's because you can't hear. I, I take issue. I take oh, issue with a question. I, this I, comes up all I, the time. Of what is the best long distance bike? The best long distance bike is anything. Just about, I Agreed. mean, it, it, right. yeah. I have people that talk. I know people that talk themselves into big motorcycles because they're supposed to be the best touring bike. What they should be on is a 250 
and go touring. I mean, I'm, I'm serious about this. Yeah, do you yeah, have something to say about yeah. this, Carmel? <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that uh, well, long-distance yeah. bike is a firm Said butt. the woman with a stick holding her bike. But, uh, <laughs> says, says the guy who's ridden a 250 Vespa through 42 states. Right. That Said the guy count. who sobs when no one waves at him. <laughs> yeah. um, but Except just when uh, little girls give him... Um, I'd yeah. just like to say a very quick note over the JL500. It's a great bike, but for God's sake, look after that ProLink. Especially if you're in a state where they salt the roads, because once they start seizing mm. up, there is nothing available for that ProLink back suspension. And if you take the back shock out on it, you're done. Mm. Don't let it scare you off the great bikes, but just look after it. Keep it lubed where it should be lubed. Keep it clean. Keep the salt off it. So wait, the choice is between one of the ugliest bikes ever made and the bike's going to seize up. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, not a lot that's of sense. I take the one that's going to seize up. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Isaac, what you got there? Alrighty. So, um... This one's called PC800s and Waving, and it's from Rowdy Reamer. Hey, Rowdy, Rowdy. I'd like to thank you for signing with your porn name. Rowdy Roddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Misfits. I occasionally hear great things about PC800s, most recently from uh, Phil on his podcast and from Emma on yours. Oh, yeah. They sound like really great bikes. They Every are. time I hear about them, I just have to look on Craigslist to see what they're going for. But... God fucking damn it. They're just so fucking ugly. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Granted, the beat-up sportster I ride around isn't exactly a pretty bike, but I don't think I can get past just how ugly a PC-800 is. Get by a Maxim! Way, by the way, I enjoyed the Wave to All Bikers movie. I generally do wave to all other bikers, even Except the guys on scooters. Yes. You know, I realize it does look like a bike that's allergic to bees and got stung <laughs> by a whole hive. <laughs> I can't quite get myself to wave at folks on Can-Ams, though. That's okay. <laughs> okay. I hate it when I wave and the other rider who clearly sees me and isn't busy with shifting gears or whatever doesn't wave back. Oftentimes it's actually scooterists who do not return the wave. Maybe they've never been waved to and just confused. Yeah, exactly. So how do you respond to folks who do not return a wave? I've been inclined to flip them off. That's acceptable, isn't it? No! No. no. Winky face. Just keep looking forward. Rowdy! Anything anything behind you... has got a slash S on it. Yeah, any, anything behind you doesn't <laughs> okay. matter. But you know, All actually, right. Rowdy brings up a very, very valid point because you can go into the mechanics of what's a great bike, la, la, la. But you know, if you can't stand how it looks, yeah. it ain't the bike for you because riding a bike is such a visceral experience and every single person in this room has walked away from their bike and looked back at it who's this good looking bike mm -hmm. and if you can't do that just get another bike yeah you know um or if you don't care, just yeah. get a PC. Or, <laughs> I, anyway. You see, I personally like how the PC work, uh, how the PC looks, but it is a very, very different looking <coughs> bike. Unless it's so it's much different. fun to ride that you just don't care what it looks like. Right. <laughs> well, it, it's a good point. It's you don't see the bike when you're riding it. Right. Exactly. I had a Ducati 1100 uh, Multistrada, the very first mm. one, and that bike bordered on ugly as sin. And my my excuse always, well, I never see it when I'm riding. Right. So, right. you know, who gives a shit? Yeah. All right, Segalan, you got an email there? I've got an email sent by Sheila from Texas. Oh, hello, Sheila. Hello, Sheila. Sheila says, uh, or asks, wait, Cushman is alive? I saw a guy on Craigslist selling a 2013 model. Yeah. I have heard for a while they were remaking them. Yeah. But I didn't know they had started. <laughs> I am so behind. They are in Gardena. <coughs> Some misfit needs to go check it out and report back. 
For the money, though, I think I'd prefer a nicely restored vintage model, says Sheila. Yeah. Because Sheila so, needs another motorcycle. So ma- I didn't know they're, they are. They're making cushions. This yeah. isn't like California Scooter Company or something. Yeah. It is? Well, no, not them, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's They're... they're, they're I, I don't know a whole lot about them, but from basically what I what I hear is that they're 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 remaking the the vintage designs of Cushman's. I, I'm pretty sure that they're Chinese manufactured, and from what I've heard, they're not that good quality, and they right. just don't compare to the originals. So well, there you go. So I, I you know if if you wanted to get one, you could, but then you'd be spending all of your time basically rebuilding it. So you might as well just get an old one. And so, but however, it. if any of the manufacturers the the guys who are manufacturing the new ones are listening send us up some information so we can have a look through and make a, an informed judgment we could we could do that i just i'm just saying what i've heard about them right. and it's not very okay i missed the name was this california scooter no company? no it's there, there's a company that's making new new Cushmans, just like the old ones, or similar yeah. to the old ones, I should say. Um, but I haven't heard very good things about them, unfortunately. Oh, that's a shame. I own one. An old one? I own... Uh, it, this is an impulse buy. California Scooter Company... Oh, okay. ...is importing Chinese-made... Yes. Uh, Mustangs, uh, right? Well, yes, but this is a dual sport. They have a dual sport. They have a... Uh, an adventure bike, RX3. Right. I got the TT500. This is a 250 single air-cooled for 1895 bucks out the door. Damn. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a great little bike. It's okay. an absolute great little... Would I take it across country? No. But you want to go out and screw <laughs> around a hit? Well, yeah. you know, what they are, they're, I mean, they're old... Uh, they're Honda engines. You know, they have the licensing right for early Honda motors. Well, the, I don't the, think it's licensing. <laughs> I think they're just no, making them... No, it is. Because really? as a journalist, I looked into it. Really? And it's, um, it's, a, it's a pretty decent motorcycle. Okay. But the thing is, it's a decent motorcycle because it was under $2,000. Right. Right. You know, so... You right. got to. Emma, what you got there? I have an email here from Nicholas Truitt. Hey, Nicholas. And he's from Indiana. Where's my 50 bucks, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Ignore him, Nicholas. Okay. I have recently started following you and listening to your podcasts as I discovered you guys because of the Norman's Re- Norman Reader Show! Exclamation point. Woo-hoo. Who's that? Yeah. Who's hey, I've been watching kidding. the second season. It's is good. It, is it any good? It's yeah. awesome. Okay, yeah. really very good. Cool. Check it out. Um, I know you guys deal with metrics so often. My question is as follows. I bought a 2009 Kawasaki Vulcan 900 Custom. That is an extremely good bike. This past March with 900 miles. Okay. And, you know, these come up more often than you think because... If you're either returning to motorcycling or you're starting off as a more mature person, you know, the big cruisers are very, very appealing. And then people buy them and think, oh, God, this isn't for me. So you can pick them up with, like, little or no miles on them. Especially the metric ones, because they don't have that image of Harley. Right. Right. So he he goes on. Seems that while at speeds of 65 miles an hour plus, it has higher revs. That's a matter of opinion. Most (laughs) forum members I've read installed a Baron's front overdrive pulley to change the RPMs to pull the revs down some. Would this be considered a good upgrade or not? Um, Currently, I have a Cobra. 
Or is that Cobra? I don't know. Cobra uh, exhaust. Cobra 2 into 1. Mm-hmm. And a Cobra FI 2000 fuel tuner. Mm-hmm. That's like the Andre 3000 <laughs> fuel <Right>. tuner. Um, <laughs> I feel the bike is really capable without, without any lack of power. But I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on changing the gear ratio. The Vulcan 900 is a 5-speed gearbox. And he's going from a 2005 R6, which is a bold move, oh. Nicholas. Mm. Um, he says it's been a big but a good change. Any, op- pre- any opinion would be greatly appreciated. Love the podcast. Keep up the great conversation. I can say I'm not familiar with the Barron's Overdrive kit, but I am familiar with well, Barron's in general, and I they do make very good products. No, Baron- a lot of them that are good for, you know... A, it's amazing to me how much money people will spend just to get another one or two horsepower. Mm-hmm. Right. But Barron's provides it. If you want, if that's what you're looking for, trying to get a little well, more, a little this, more, Barron's This isn't it. a performance upgrade. And the important thing to explain to Nicholas, this is a matter of taste. And I'm going to kind of go off topic a little bit but here, but... The overdrive pulley, is it not just like a like changing the, the size of your sprocket? Yes, exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't change the performance. A lot of people get very steamed up about changing sprocket size. Oh, my bike's going to accelerate faster than it's going to do. It actually doesn't do as much as you think. If you change the gearing, um, <coughs> if you gear it up, it just makes it it generally brings the revs down yeah. a little bit at higher revs and it takes you longer to go through the gears if right. you gear it down it's always oh, going to accelerate really fast it doesn't you just get through the gears quicker it's a matter of taste and the reason i'm going to go off topic i've got a very very dear friend who i've known for 30 years and he's just finished restoring an xke you remember the old Jag from the mm. 60s? Now, those things left the factory with a four-speed transmission. And basically, cut a long story short, when you were on the freeway at 70, 80 miles an hour, they were howling because it's only got a four-speed transmission. But it was part of the character of the car. It was the whole kind of visceral experience of this car. He put a five-speed overdrive transmission in his... And it ain't the same car, and it's not necessarily a good thing. It changed the character of the car completely. If you feel it's over-revving at highway speeds, Nicholas, by all means, you can get the revs down by putting a larger front pulley on it. Make sure you go with a trusted brand. I think you mentioned the Baron one, because there are clearance issues in there. It's not going to change the performance of the bike, and that's a very, very important thing you need to understand. You've already done the performance upgrades. You've got the pipe on it, which will give you a few more horsepower. You've done the fuel injection upgrade on it, which will give you a few more. Changing the pulley size, all it's going to do is at a given speed, say 70 miles an hour, instead of being at 3,500 revs, you're going to be at 3,300 revs or 3,200, whatever. And there's enough of these bikes around that they will tell you exactly where you're at. I mean, Barron's will tell you where you're at. If you go to the Barron's website and say, if I put this size pulley on, what revs am I going to be at? Now, your bike doesn't come with a rev counter, but you can actually hook one up and actually see what it's doing. But if you feel it's over-revving and it's bugging you, yeah, get those revs down. Um, But it's a matter of taste. 
All right. So was that a yes or no? Yeah, do it. Okay. I had one one brief question about that. Is it see? Is it arguable that if you lower the revs that your bike's running at in general, You're it'll losing the bottom end to gain at the top end, basically, right? But no, I was gonna say, will it? Will it? Could your engine last longer because you're not I mean, revving it as the, high? Yeah, I mean, uh, theoretically, if if you for spend, the freaks who want to run their engines forever and ever, yeah, and ever. if you well, let's work it out. If you spend all your time on the freeway. And you lower the revs by five percent. Theoretically, your bike's going to last five percent longer. Okay, so it's theoretical and marginal. Got theoretically, it. yeah, but in the real world of heat cycles and blah 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 blah, you yeah. know, the revs of your engine are only one factor, so yeah. the the gains won't be exact, but. It certainly caught up. I mean, yeah. I like being on the freeway with a bike just loafing along underneath me. Yeah. Right, but but also keep in mind that, that when you increase your top speed, you're also reducing your torque. So Right, yeah. exactly. Well, so. there's no free lunch. I mean, exactly. I agree with you. And you said something about the character of the bike. It yeah. changes. But there's another thing. You, you make the gearing taller, you're going to be harder on the clutch. Yeah. Sure. Particularly from the start. So True. you're maybe you're saving 5% in engine wear, but you're increasing clutch wear by 5% or whatever. No free lunch. Yeah. I'd leave the bike alone, personally. Right. Well, you know, there, there is a school of thought. You know, Kawasaki spent a long time figuring out the gearing for that bike. Mm. Yeah. But... So I've got one more technical question. Okay. Don't let this one go down the rabbit hole. Okay. We're, we're, we're way over time now. Okay. But th- these are good technical questions. I want to try okay. and get these addressed. So this is from John Sugar. Hey, John. Hey, John. Give me some he says, I've got a technical John question sucker. for Emma or whomever. Which means for Emma. Why are you Emma, looking at me? That, that's your last name? For Emma. Emma, whomever. That, yeah, yeah, that is my last name. Um, Catchy. So he's got a 2011. 11, yes. 103 Road Glide. Okay. Following me, yeah, you yeah, two? Yeah, yeah. I think you two on the couch may yeah, be able yeah. to help out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has a kickback when starting a warm engine. Okay. So he's got a Thundermax feedback tuner, yes. a Fat Cat tuna one pipe, and yes. a Screaming Eagle intake. Yes. He believes that the compression releases are not opening, but is set to one for on. Does that make sense to you? Yes. I have read the firmware needs. And I have read the firmware needs to be updated to prevent this. Yes. Um, <laughs> you need to make. What sure. the fuck is firmware? First of all, well, for- <laughs> <laughs> is that part of the what, carburetor? Firmware is what makes <laughs> the love love kit work. Right. That's what you get when you. So really you need enjoy to make sure. There's a couple of things going on here about that 103. Yeah. Um, first off, you've got to make sure that you've got absolutely the most up-to-date map in that. But the second thing, the way the advance and retard works on that bike, it's electronic ignition and it's got an electronic ignition advance and retard. If the battery voltage is not permanent, when it is cranking, the ignition timing is too far advanced and it will kick back. So, if you're in doubt at all about your battery, and remember, a motorcycle battery, if you get two years out of it, you're doing well. If he's trying to start this bike with an 18-month-old battery, it might crank the bike, but the starter might be taking so much current out of it there isn't sufficient voltage going to the CDI to kick on the retard. Mm. The default setting on the CDI is full advance. It needs X amount of voltage to retard, and if it's 
if it's at full advance, the old the, the old British Boyer units were exactly the same. And on Nortons, if you're trying to start a Norton with 10 volts in your battery, it was fully advanced, and it would kick back and throw you through huh. the garage roof. So, so it's an electronic ignition retard rather than a compression it's release. It's just a thought. If he's trying yeah. to start it with an old battery or an 18-month-old battery, just try it with a new battery. Do the cheap stuff first. Yeah, yeah. But under no circumstances, discount. Make sure you got the, the 2017 map for that system. Mm. Oh, that is incredibly awesome. specific. So <laughs> now uh, he got lucky that we answered that. <laughs> because... Yeah. Uh, because, uh, you know, if you really do have a technical question, the best place is is uh, go to Patreon, subscribe for $10 a month. You'll get the super secret email to reach Emma personally. Only. So in this case, he um, we're only able to answer these once a week. But right. if you go to uh, Patreon, subscribe, $10 a month, you'll get access to the Ask Miss Emma, special email where you can email her any day of the week and uh, she'll do and her you, best to exactly. help solve your problem. And it's not a one-shot deal. I mean, I've been having a conversation now with Dave and his CB360. <coughs> hey, Dave. Yeah. Um, and we've been going forward about four or five times. I mean, you know, I'm actually getting attached to this bike via pictures. <laughs> so, ten bucks a month. It's, I mean, it's a... It's, it's a McDonald's meal these days, isn't it? Yeah. That's a great deal. Do you have access to Emma's? Yeah, right it should be 110 Try Try getting for, advice uh, for $10 from, from your motorcycle dealer. I'll give you some. Nah. What you want to know? So, <laughs> yeah. I want to know more about spit. your firmware. More so, spit. Yeah. Thank you to those who have subscribed in on Patreon at any amount is helping us. I've been... Um, Actually saving up that money and saving it for the the studio, which is our goal, the podcast yeah. studio. Well, I saw oh, some yeah. new paper towels, so that was cool. Exactly. I didn't buy it. Um, <laughs> I didn't buy it. And just remember, winter's coming. You know, the nights are getting colder. You need a t-shirt to sleep in, and the best t-shirt to sleep in Naked has, a, Jim. has a picture of me oh. on the front of it. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so go on down to motorcyclesandmisfits.com, where you will find the links to our Patreon page. You also find the links to our Zazzle page where you can order t-shirts, sweatshirts. We had somebody order a uh, sweatshirt and they put Recycle Garage Brooklyn on the back. Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, Ooh. I know. It looks really good. Does, does this mean so they're starting can, a Recycle Garage Brooklyn? No, well, uh, they're just... The uh, Santa Cruz of New York. Yeah. Um, that's something that, that's <laughs> one exactly. of the reasons that I put all of our stuff on to Zazzle is you can choose what right. color, what size, Ooh. and you can actually modify you can change the, city? the design. You can well, change the design. City, <laughs> <laughs> so motorcyclesandmisfits.com you find the link also you find the link to our youtube page where you can see our latest movie if you have not seen it yet it's an epic it is you have to select the, the official uh, the parental title, controls though we we don't have it listed as this as of yet but it okay. is going to be the sobbing scooterist is it, this, this is what's going to be on imdb <laughs> sobbing scooterist yeah saga. the sobbing scooterist all right cool uh which bagel is a star of and everyone's been commenting how good of an actor he is and i just say or maybe it's how good the director was hey i mean <laughs> it's the beard because <laughs> yeah, he did everything we said i'll say his but, beard looked awesome in the I movie know. oh thank you but so, I, yeah. I, I never knew method acting could be so easy (laughs) (laughs) um i think that's it we've got so much going on but you know follow us on facebook 
Recycle Garage, or is it Recycle? No, Recycle Santa Cruz. And you know yeah. what? MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. You find the link to the Facebook page, all that. Instagram. If you're interested in getting Reg's book, um, I put a link in our show notes with his email address, so you can just contact him there. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, Reg, I, I want you to come down some more. I'm sure you've got a lot more stories we can get out of you. I'm always available as a very old, retired man, you know. <laughs> Give me about a week's notice, and I'll see if I can crawl out of my pampers. <laughs> well, Dude, bunch of goddamn kids. I don't know. I saw the pictures in the book. On. He's working out with a kettlebell and doing shit. I'm like, oh, wow. my goodness. You're inspirational. Photoshop, Thank you for coming tonight. Photoshop. Uh, <laughs> Better thing to do now is I think we should all go outside and watch him mount his bike. Well, I, I need to say something here. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, for those of you who uh, have never been here, I, I want you should see this luxurious studio. Oh, it's fantastic! You would know, sir. You would not believe the petrified the possum it, in the corner. It, it, it's incredible. <laughs> I just is really, really. You know, maybe one of these days you ought to do a video. You know, uh, we've, we've, we've done a few. We've done a couple, but uh, mm. so um, much for that. Uh, <laughs> did, so, uh, did you enjoy yourself, Reg? Oh, very much. Oh, very, very good. Much. It's yeah. been great having you. Do you know what this is like? And this is what's missing. People are talking about our motorcycles are taking a dump in this country. They are. Mm-hmm. The industry is going down the tubes. What used to happen, and it had nothing to do with age, and it was when I was your age, a bunch of us guys would sit around. There weren't very many women riding at that time. On a Monday, we'd ride dirt ride on the weekend. They'd come to my garage on a Monday. They'd bring their chains because we had this ritual. I had two hot plates. And coffee cans. You fill the coffee cans half full of oil, put your chain in them, you boil the oil, you hang your chain up on a rafter next to your name. Next Thursday, you come and pick up your chain, put the bike, and we go riding. But the point is, we'd sit around like this and bullshit about motorcycles. It was so much fun. We actually learned something. It built the camaraderie. It got other people interested. You know, the major corporations can make all these marketing moves and all these things and new models, but this is what is missing. Stuff like this. The people. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Reg. Very cool. We're having fun. I didn't mean you in particular. (laughs) (laughs) Screw you, buddy. Hey, I think it's time to get out of here. Thanks again for everyone listening. Oh, and I just want to give a shout out to Larry at Creative Writing, his 100th episode. Hey, hey. Well done. Um, Take a listen. You might hear me on there, and I might have been mean. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed you, Larry. (laughs) What else is new, Um, Liza? Liza Liza actually (laughs) called me and wanted me to be on the show, but I was in my bath. Aww. And so by the time I got out and called her back, it was all over by the shouting. Oh. Nice. <laughs> all right. So I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks again for listening. This is Liza. Bagel. Isaac. Sigolin. Carmel. Emma Darling. Reg. This is Knock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and we're out of here. Cool, cool. cool.